0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty Fantasy Football. With your host John Bauer,
1: looking to sell everybody price dependent.
0: Dan Lamagna,
1: too
2: much
3: dysfunction in Cleveland.
0: And
2: Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence.
1: Welcome back to another live episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF, and make sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube, Dynasty Theory. Of course, I am joined by my main man, Dan LaMagna. That's at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's up, Dan?
3: Guys, I'm excited. Finally fixed the stream here in the fan cave. So we're live from the Dallas fan cave in Scranton, PA, and uh, equally stoked about tonight's guest. Let's get it going, JB. Dan, I have to ask. So,
1: you know, the social distancing, is Dak at least six feet away from you right now?
3: We're uh, I, I have no words for that, but uh, you know, I, I think it's okay with Dak. He's already had one party last month. We tested him before he came in the house here. No temperature, uh, so he's good. He's good. We're ready to go. And anyone who owns him in fantasy, don't worry, he's he's going to be playing this year. We're ready to go.
1: All right, that's good to hear. And then, as always, I am joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch?
2: What's going on, guys? How's your My bad house over
1: there? What are you drinking tonight?
2: Oh, it's course. It's always course. I was going to say, though, my house is almost done. So I'm almost out of my dad's basement, which is, it's going to be awesome. Oh, I can, I'm so excited to get out of here. When's the big move? Um, probably mid June to early July, depending on how, right around the corner. I'm
1: sure your parents are excited.
2: Yeah, extremely. Yeah.
1: And (laughs) as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, we have two guests joining us tonight the co host of the Ball Blast podcast, also on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. We have Kate and Michelle Madjuke. I think I got that correct right there, right? It was good.
4: It was good. good.
1: Yeah. What's going on, guys? How are you? <laughs>
4: Thanks Hi. for having us on, guys. We're, we're
1: for joining us. Yeah. Um very excited. you said you had a rough night last night. What did you guys get into?
0: Um, we had a long Zoom call with some of our good friends and just drank way, way too much.
4: Well, like we all hadn't seen each other in a while and we just got so excited and we were playing games. Yeah, that was... what's that game? Piccolo? Piccolo. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I played that, yeah. Um,
4: yeah. So we played some piccolo. It just It went on for way too many hours. It was a long time.
1: Yeah. And again, again, we're in quarantine. We're in isolation. All bets are off. So nobody's going to judge you. And I'm certainly not going to judge you because I've been drinking quite often, but before we really get into the show, so we're going to talk a lot about vets versus rookies. You know, everybody has their rookie rankings lined up and everybody already up to this point, you know, we're five months into the off season. We have a good idea of how we feel about the veterans, but I want to talk about how we compare the veterans to the rookies. But before we get there, Kate, Michelle, I have a question for you. So you two are married, and I know if I – not just fantasy football, but if I had to work closely with my wife, she would murder me. So one question for you. Who is the one player that you two, you know, in terms of evaluation have argued about the most? And it could be a rookie or a veteran.
4: So we actually – I feel like like we watch our film together, and we – I, I do everything together. We're very codependent. <laughs> but
0: when you say even work together, so we both have you know our normal nine to five jobs as well. That's my desk right back there, and we're sitting at Kate's. So we are always
4: like together. Yeah,
0: it's, it's a miracle that both of us are still alive. <laughs> but I I would say I think we just we talked about this question a little bit because we were like who do we disagree on? We like everyone the same, but AJ Brown, this girl is getting really high on, and I I don't hate AJ Brown, but. She's getting extra, extra
4: I, high. I do. I love A.J. Brown, and I I think that, you know, the, the biggest um, problem many people have with A.J. Brown is the fact that the offense was so efficient. Um, and I, I, I was saying last year I didn't think that the offense, as long as they're feeding Derrick Henry, I think the offense will continue to be efficient. I don't see anything in that offense changing, uh, aside from the fact that they don't have, delaney walker which okay um i don't see anything changing more targets available they might you know i think they'll get derrick to nothing's involved but i i just think that it, you're seeing uh, a guy that can be a prototypical wide receiver one dominate and i i, I he's gonna do it yeah. and he's he's probably one of the guys i would say that i'm actually buying high on like I will pay whatever. This is the
0: part where I disagree. He's going at his ceiling, I think, with he dominated right at the end of the year. But then he also disappeared, too, in the playoffs. I mean, he just that's the The passing game. That's what you're going to get from him, though. It's going to be all up and down because they don't pass enough. His yards after catch was insane. And you can be a wide receiver that's really good in yards after catch, but not. Eight yards after catch on average, like that's going to go down. A good wide receiver in that metric is about five. If that goes down, he's going to have to see way more targets just to match his yards that he got from 2019. I'm not buying at his price. I, I think he's a good wide receiver. I think he's uber talented, but. Way too expensive.
4: They didn't pick up Corey Davis's fifth year option. Yeah. <laughs> like that's but, gonna
1: make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I just think that you're looking at a guy who's definitely going to like he's going to be the wide receiver one for that offense. And I think they'll target him as a wide receiver one. Uh we'll get Corey Davis out of the way. Um, I
0: think for him to have Corey Davis. What if they actually get a good wide receiver that actually demands targets?
4: AJ Brown is the good receiver. Yeah, I, I'm just messing. With you. I I think that like this is the prime time to buy AJ Brown because he's gonna he's gonna going He's gonna have the DJ Moore That's effect.
1: Fair enough. So I feel like you two could go on. Oh, Kate, I saw that look. I saw that look <laughs> you gave to Michelle. But I feel like you two could go on and on about that. And it's funny because Michelle and I. We disagree a lot on Twitter and we've gone back and forth, but I actually, I have to agree with her here on AJ Brown. I think that you're paying it as absolute ceiling and I don't see it going any higher. Now, Kate, real quick, because last year, last off season and you two, I mean, I think it's fair to say you get a little bit of heat for some of your takes, just a little bit on on Twitter and, you know, but one of your takes last year, you did your prediction for how the teams were going to finish throughout the season. And I know that Tennessee Titans fan base, they were not happy with you. Do you have them slated for any more wins this year with AJ Brown being the beast that he is?
4: Oh, I absolutely do.
0: So the, wait, the, were you going to tweet out though? She was going to do a tweet this year, doing the rankings and purposely put Tennessee at three 13 again.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Titans fans deserve it. Like they, I have never met like a more like I've heard funny things about Eagles being a top three. Yeah, I and everybody also told me to delete my Twitter account for that too. So like, I can't make Tennessee fans happy. Like it's both ways, but I definitely think um, you know, like I said, I I don't think they're gonna stop feeding Derrick Henry the ball if they can't, you know, come to a long term deal. They're just gonna ride the shit out of him.
1: Okay. All right, Dan, Dan, how can you have a challenge flag? We're seven minutes into the show. Guys, Kate, Michelle, Dan, he, he throws the challenge flag. If he could, it would be right at Mitch's face twice every episode. So I'm shocked to see it maybe thrown on you guys, but I think he might agree. I don't know.
3: It, it's my polite way of interrupting the, these gentlemen here. Cause every once in a while we just have opposite takes and I just want to intervene and Mitch can let me know if I win this challenge or not, but. One, you know, I know you took uh, Michelle's side there, J.B. My wife's name is Michelle, and, and we, we disagree often. So I'm going to disagree here, too, and just stick up for Kate a little bit. You're talking about her takes being a little bit controversial. First, she has conviction in A.J. Brown. So I give her kudos for having some conviction, standing by her man and going after him there. Second, J.B., how many people have you fired up in our group, group me chats there to say uh, Kate's takes are, are controversial? Mitch, come on. He can't no, be, Kate, uh, Kate
1: never has controversial oh, no. takes. I, Michelle, and I are the ones that yeah. always we always butt heads. Oh yeah,
0: right? I'm the one that everyone gets so mad at me because I put out takes out there and people get so mad, and it's like it's nothing ever has happened before that didn't happen the year before that.
1: Like, well, well don't give any spoilers because you two are well aware. At the end of the show, we're having a defend your tweet segment, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I gave you guys, I, you know, I let you look behind the curtain, and Kate. Yours is a little bit easier, but Michelle, I can't wait to get into yours. Oh, I, um,
0: I, you're going to have to give me like an hour. <laughs> an hour. We got time. We can do that.
1: I have all we night got time. We can do that. All right. So let's get into some of the, the vets versus the rookies here. And for all of these, let's just assume full PPR and super flex. Kate, are, let's start with you.
4: Are we thinking dynasty, like a dynasty startup? Or are we thinking redraft for...
1: Kate, like, it's, it's dynasty it. theory, Kate. I,
4: dynasty. I know, I know,
1: but I know. <laughs> no, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just giving you a hard time.
4: It can, get, it can be different. Okay. Like, I, okay. That's All right. So that. we're
1: doing dynasty. First up, and it's we just brought him up, Jonathan Taylor. So according to Fantasy Pros rankings, Jonathan Taylor's going running back 12, according to them. Derrick Henry running back 11. You're in a startup. Which direction do you go there? Derrick
4: Henry. Um I was gonna say you're gonna say yeah, no, it it definitely comes so I and this might be sort of my preference. I I I want to always play to win now. Like I if I am in the first couple rounds of a dynasty startup, I'm I'm planning to win. Like that that's always my mindset going into these drafts. I'm not the person that's gonna trade back 50 times. I think Derrick Henry is the one that will get me a championship this year. Even if he doesn't have the same long-term viability that Jonathan Taylor has, he doesn't have, um, I, I feel like people are, are down on Jonathan Taylor overall as a, a pass catcher, but I, I think he's definitely, you know, I don't know. I, I, Jonathan Taylor, I love him. I love him so much, but I don't love him as much as Derrick Henry, and I think that he probably will split more work with Mac than we'd actually like him to.
1: Yeah, year one, I I certainly agree, especially with a lot of these rookies. And Dan, Mitch, and myself, we've talked about it throughout this off season early on, with all the stuff going on right now that maybe you know shortened off season programs. They can't really get in into things here. But yeah, I'm not surprised that you're going Derrick Henry, especially with what we talked about already. Michelle, yeah, are, are are you are you staying with I'm Derrick Henry? With
0: Henry, Jonathan Taylor is my 101 in rookie drafts, but we hope that Henry becomes. All right, sorry, we hope that Taylor becomes Henry, right? Like a top five running back that dominates on the ground. We probably expect both of these guys not to be used too much in the receiving game, but they're so great on the ground. It doesn't really matter. And they both can be used as goal line monsters. Henry's only 26. He just turned 26 in January. In
1: Dynasty, he might as well be dead
4: though, right? Yeah, but he just turned 26. <laughs> he wasn't used for the first That's three years. That's what I was going to so... say. When you look at his touch total, like yeah. – he wasn't utilized very heavily in the first three years yeah. of his career.
0: Now, I would feel better about this take if we had the contract extension already done. But if he gets that, he's good for another two to three years easy. And that's mm-hmm. what we're playing for right now. So I'm sticking with Henry.
1: And that's exactly the same way I look at players like Dalvin Cook. If he gets that contract, I feel much, much better about him. Mitch, so it's 2 nothing. Derrick Henry here. Are you sticking with it?
2: Yeah, it's Derrick Henry especially because I know who his quarterback is next year and who knows who Jonathan Taylor's quarterback is going to be. What if it ends up being, you know, the rookie out of Washington? I can't remember his name right now. Like normal, every, you know, show, for you forgetting can't names is a common theme on this show. But Jake like I said, we don't even guy. know who the quarterback's going to be. So I would much rather go with Derrick Henry. We know the offense, what it's going to be moving forward. So I'll just go with him. All right, Dan, I think you're going with Derrick Henry, too.
3: Yeah, I think Kate was peeking at my show notes. I, I was starting with "I want to win now." That is the key, <laughs> and uh, I, I love Belkow Backs. He's one of a handful I could I could count. Uh, he's still young, so it's not like Henry's old. Like my boy Dak behind me. Don't worry, the Titans are going to sign them. They're built around him, and uh, I'll take Derrick Henry's uh, prime years. JB, give it, give me the big guy. Can oh, I me...
4: say that me last year feels very vindicated right
1: now? <laughs> I I remember that when you had I remember the projections. It too. And uh, I, Mitch and I, we talked about it, and I'll be honest. I, I, I said this, this girl is freaking crazy, man. <laughs> how, how is she gonna have Derrick Henry, especially? And I think you had him higher in standard, of course, than people. I are had him with the RB two in standard, and isn't
4: that where he finished? Yeah. And it's I, funny
1: because I had so much Derrick Henry left over on my dynasty rosters because prior to last year's breakout, you really couldn't sell them. People, oh well, you had a few good games in 2018, so you couldn't move them. But I thought this girl, whatever she's on, give me some. But you freaking nailed it. Absolutely killed it with that Derrick Henry take.
4: I'm I'm searching for my next Derrick Henry. So we'll <sighs> we'll see, we'll see who the guy is this year. I think you might know who it is.
1: Mm. We might talk about him later in the show. I don't know. Maybe not.
0: I think you're about to talk about him right now, but she's obsessed with him. If I'm reading- Wait, them. is
1: it is it this guy? Is it is it this guy right here? Is it? All right. So we had a four nothing sweep. I I, right. I threw a few <laughs> cheesy jokes, in, but I have to find my broom here. So Derek Henry, running back 11, you guys all feel more comfortable than Jonathan Taylor in startups today. Next up, and we're going to stick with the same order. So Kate, starting with you, Keyshawn Vaughn, he is listed as running back 27 for the fantasy pros rankings. And then James Connor running back 26. Now I think I'm pulling at your heartstrings here. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, I think Michelle, she might be more of the Steelers fan here, but no, I,
0: Oh, yeah, I'm, I am wearing a brown sweatshirt right now. So that is, yeah, that's actually very
4: right ironic. But uh, we're, I, we're both equally Steelers fans. I'll give her that. I'm actually maybe Michelle
1: is just more vocal about it on Twitter. Maybe that's yes, what um,
4: that's I actually what it is. Michelle just more vocal. So I was actually obsessed with James Connor, like before he was a thing, like before he was a starter and Michelle, like, I think it was for my birthday. I wanted a James Connor gear and they didn't make any, like I, she had to custom make me James Connor gear for my birthday. Like that's he's my he's my guy. I love James Connor. I love going him with Amber like, I'm going with Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> track. It hurts. It hurts me. Why did you do this, John? Um he, I, think, I I
1: thought this was gonna be a good one. Obviously, the first mm-hmm. one was too easy, but I think it's getting a little more difficult as we go on here.
4: Oh, I absolutely agree. So I, I think that Keyshawn Vaughn is um one of the The running backs that I think uh, as a product of the offense, which like we can't ignore the fact that that landing spot doesn't matter or else we would all be doing our rookie drafts before the NFL draft. Like landing spot matters. And I'm sorry, Ronald Jones. He's not a thing. He's not a thing. They they chose to utilize Peyton Barber (laughs) instead of instead of Ronald Jones. Like they didn't they didn't want to use him. They didn't. They overuse Peyton Barber on goal line situations, like he was not their guy. And then you've got Keyshawn Vaughn. He's a, a bigger dude. He's got a low center of gravity. Also played behind a bad offensive line. Cam Akers. like, <laughs> don't ruin the,
1: the the defend your tweet segment at the end. You, too many spoilers here, Kate. Come on.
4: I'm sorry, um, but I think like don't don't underestimate the the ability of a a capable pass catcher with. Tom Brady and our center, Tristan Wirfs. It's happening. It's Keyshawn Vaughn time.
1: There we go. Michelle, despite your Browns hoodie there,
4: mm-hmm. are
1: you going to go with your, your Pittsburgh no. guy, James Connor? Or are you also I, going with Keyshawn Vaughn?
0: I'm also going with Keyshawn Vaughn. So with Connor, if you told me he was staying healthy all year long and like he would get that contract extension, it would be James Connor because when he's on the field, he's great. He averaged 17 and a half fantasy points per game in games like he played over 20% of the snaps and didn't get hurt. Like that's right where Alvin Kamara was, Leonard Fournette was. Like he was really, really good fantasy player when he's on the field, but he can't. He's stay a touchdown healthy. monster. He he can't stay healthy, um, and I don't know how much you can trust that. He is going super late, so he'll probably be on a lot of my teams. But in dynasty, if I get a redo and I get to take a guy like Keyshawn Bonds, who I believe in his talent, and hopefully he can stay healthy and stay on the field, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that shot.
2: Mitch, I don't even think I have to ask you here. Nope. It's just give me the one that could see the biggest value increase. And Connor's probably never going to see a value increase from where he's at now. And Keyshawn Vaughn could end up being a second round startup pick next year. So give me him. Keyshawn
1: Vaughn. Now, Dan, you might throw the curveball here. Who do you have? Because I know you love James Connor.
3: My catcher is showing me the signal for a curveball right now. I first want to express my disappointment as I look at the left side of the screen here and I see three so called Steelers fans, one <laughs> whose new office has a Packers and Cowboys jersey behind it.
4: Yeah, I don't know what that's about.
3: And, and Leave like, me alone. Come on. Where's the loyalty these days? It was only one year ago, I've said this on past episodes, that James Conner, it was between a tough decision between him and Dalvin Cook. The same thing I said for Henry. I, I'm staying on the train, I'm staying loyal, showing some conviction here. I want to win now. I love Belkow backs. I think all those other Steeler accessory running backs are just, you know, give Connor a breather. Guys, situational running backs. Connor is still young. I think they're going to work him in Pittsburgh. The guy's a machine. He's healthy. I, I believe he's going to stay healthy this year. Give me Happy Connor's prime years. I'm, I'm staying with him.
4: Well, I, I do think like last season. Like I, I know he's he's ended every season with an injury, but. Last season, it was the whole seat. Like, there was just an accumulation. We went to far too many games last year. And every time we went to a game, he got hurt. I, well, yeah, because he went – every time he played a game, he got hurt. We all
0: believe in his talent, and we believe he can be that workhorse back. It's just – I don't believe in his body being able to hold up. But it,
3: it feels like understood. Pittsburgh rushed him last year. Like, they never really gave him a chance to yeah. be healthy because they needed yeah. him so bad.
4: If they and they can, I just think
3: that be, was a mistake. Like,
4: a game off – like take take two weeks off, rest up, heal up. But every time he went back on the field, he was limping off with a new injury. Like
3: I mean, Mitch and I could really relate, Kate and Michelle, because you know, we're we're limping and bruising through these these episodes, but JB does not give us a rest at all. <laughs> so we're gonna try to make it through the year here, but I think we'll hold up like Connor. Best so Dan, are
1: you Dan, are you assuming that James Connor gets a contract extension then? Because again, like you always say, JB, we're not playing redraft. This is I dynasty.
3: Think- who the has Steelers, a better chances
1: of at a value increase?
3: I think the Steelers organization. I wanted to say your Steelers, JB, but I just can't do that with those jerseys behind you. But I'm loyal. I, to, I'm
1: loyal to my fantasy teams. Okay.
3: The Steelers. I will give that organization credit for being so loyal. I think if he does stay healthy this year and produces good numbers, they're gonna stay with him. Ask and if he, on Bell, how loyal he, they should, are.
4: he should be at a discount, right? <laughs> the like team he doesn't hasn't, have
0: a back that could take his job in this year or in 2021. So they would have to either draft a new guy after the season or sign someone and that signing someone could be Connor. So if he stays healthy, I do, I think he gets that contract extension. It's just, can he stay
4: healthy? And the fact that like you have, you know, Le'Veon Bell who demanded like you saw his production and he demanded a top end contract. Connor, he hasn't shown you enough. Like he's, he's shown you enough when he's been on the field, but. I think you can get him at the injury discount that the Steelers can probably afford
3: him. It's definitely a roll of the dice. You know, if coach Arians is right on his valuation of Keyshawn Vaughn, that he could be on the field every play. And he agrees with uh, everyone here that Rojo's not an answer. I could definitely see the argument. I'm just, I'm rolling the dice on the potential of Connor and the Steelers.
1: Just like Mitch said, though, I don't see a situation unless James Connor stays healthy for all 16 games here in 2020 and gets a contract extension sure we'll see a bump but i just think that likelihood is very slim right now but dan your, your your word it's conviction so you're staying strong here you're sticking with james connor the three correct answers there were Keyshawn vaughn so i don't really have to weigh in Let, let's go over to quarterbacks kate joe uh, burrow quarterback 10 carson wentz quarterback nine uh
4: this is tough um I'm going with Wentz and that kind of, that doesn't feel good to me because I don't really like Carson Wentz. I don't know why. I don't know what my thing is with Carson Wentz. I don't like, he seems like a really great guy. His dog's really cute, but I don't like watching him play football and I don't know why. Like it, the it ball bores last me. Pod is not a big fan of his. No. And I like, I do think that I'm going to believe in the fact that I just, I think he's a talented quarterback, which obviously Joe Burrow is too, but um you know, Carson Wentz has been able to produce under, like, the least ideal of circumstances. I do think that, you know, the receiving core is is improved from last season. I, I wish they – I don't know. I wish they would have made a, a splash in free agency, but hopefully you're going to have a, a healthy Alshon. Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar got the heck out of there. Um, I, I just think that, you know, we've seen his upside in in a bad situation. Joe Burrow, like, he – could be literally anything. Yeah. We have no idea.
0: And that I'm also going with Carson Wentz because Joe Burrow, like, we want him to be Carson Wentz. Like, I'm always like, thinking in that way. Like, what are we hoping for these guys? Are they ceiling Is they ceiling higher in fantasy? Maybe Joe Burrow's is, but it's going to be pretty hard because he's not that mobile quarterback. He can run, but he's not going to get 400 to 600 rushing yards. So if I'm looking at a rookie quarterback that I think maybe can take the place of Carson Wentz, like I think that's why I was higher on Kyler Murray last year because his floor is just so safe. Joe Burrow doesn't have a safe floor right now. Like he's going to have to use his arm and he's going to have to be really good. I think he will be, but Carson Wentz is a very good quarterback. Like he's an above average quarterback in the NFL. He didn't have weapons. I think he had more than anyone in the Eagles fan base is willing to admit like, Ertz and Goddard are pretty great with Miles mm-hmm. Sanders, but he needs wide receivers too, and I, I think they got him those this year. Um, he was still a quarterback 13 in fantasy points per game. That's pretty good, so I'll stick with Carson Wentz here uh, and not take that massive risk.
1: You always see that. You see it time and time again throughout this – towards the end of the season and in the offseason already that Carson Wentz didn't have a receiver go over – was it four or 500 yards? It's like, yeah, but Miles Sanders – Dallas Goddard, Zachary. Mm-hmm. He still had weapons. So it's a very deceiving stat. It's almost like whenever they say Aaron Rodgers and the first round receivers he had, well, yeah. Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams. So it's kind of like, eh, yeah. Mitch, Joe Burrow, Carson
2: Wentz. Who do you want? I refuse to have any Joe Burrow shares on my team. Like I sent you guys the link that was on ESPN yesterday, but he won't sign his rookie contract because he's too worried about what the coronavirus is going to do in the next two months. But Tua signed his without a problem.
4: Wait, how did I not see that?
2: Yeah, I didn't see it either. Mitch sent it to us, and I was like, wow. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, it's really weird. And he's saying, like, I don't know how you read that article on ESPN and come out of it not thinking, like, he hopes the season is canceled so he could go back into the draft. Because why else would you not sign your rookie contract? It's all guaranteed anyways. So it's just weird. And... Like you guys, like Michelle was saying, you're drafting him in a ceiling already. If you're going at quarterback 10, maybe he'd go to quarterback eight in two years. Just give me Carson Wentz because I know what he's going to give me each year. Yeah.
1: And that's why I like the rookie quarterbacks like Josh Allen. And I don't have to tell Kate and Michelle about him because I know they're right there with me. And quarterbacks like Daniel Jones, because you were getting them at a great discount second round of super flex rookie drafts in their respective rookie seasons. And Joe Burrow, he's going one hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred three. So he's not getting any type of discount, and like Michelle and Mitch, you just said, he's pretty much going at his ceiling. Dan, I know you want to be the contrarian. Where are you on this issue?
3: Uh, not so much here. Not so much. Uh, you know, some great takes there by the Bob some ladies, and uh, Mitch, you know, brought something to our attention that, that raises some concern. And leave it to the bu- the, to the bungles to find a way to you know maybe mess this up. I'm gonna stick with I want to win now, and I, I love young elite quarterbacks. I do not love dysfunctional organizations like the Bengals, so give me Wentz, but with a little bit of twist, just so I could trade him, because I, I, my disdain for the Eagles is, is very strong. So I will pick Wentz, and then I will try to try to trade him. Uh, you know, I, I think. Michelle and I try to do a little Wentz Josh Allen swap in, a, in another league. There, you know, within that, that, you're trying. Michelle's trying to get rid of Wentz too, so she understands. Oh yeah,
0: and he's so hard to get rid of. And every, nobody wants Carson. <laughs> so I only own him in that one league, and I took him because he was the best value on the board. But he, like, he does not have value of a top tier quarterback at all. Like, but honestly, this is why you should go
4: buy Carson Wentz.
0: Probably. It's probably a reason why. I just don't want him. I don't want him. I don't know. He doesn't
4: excite me. That's it. I think I likes, like watching quarterbacks that excite me. He's vanilla. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think we need a larger sample size of the Eagles, too. You know, we've seen all of the injuries to their receivers and Wentz's injuries, and we just haven't seen a large sample size of an explosive Philadelphia offense. The potential's there, but we just haven't seen enough of it.
1: Mitch, is there any concern with his injuries? And, you know, I saw a great thread on Twitter and I forget who it was, but it was some doctor. And he said he was running through all of Carson Wentz's injuries and he kind of compared it to Keenan Allen. You know, some of them were very random, but he gets that that injury prone label. Do you, Is that a concern for you from a dynasty aspect?
2: No, I'm not smart enough to understand injuries. I really worry about concussions. If a guy gets a whole bunch of concussions, then I'll start to worry about it like a guy we're going to talk about later. But as of right now, I don't know enough about hamstrings and stuff like that to know if it's going to be continual things. So if it's not concussions, I'm really not worried about injuries moving forward.
4: I think you hit the nail on the head though, in terms of just sort of the randomness of his injuries. Like, you know, it. it when I think of injury prone, I try to sort of discern like, is this guy getting the same injury over and over again? Or is it just like you take the wrong hit? Cause sometimes you take the wrong hit and you know, if, Carson Wentz's, like, back problem was a herniated disc, which it's not. I, I think it was just a, a broken bone, if I'm understanding correctly. Like, a herniated disc is a little bit different. That's what Gronk dealt with. But fractures heal. Um,
0: I, and Carson Wentz missed... One more playoff game, though. Like, how how long do you let it go on for? Even if it's just mm-hmm. for luckiness. Well, and that's
4: why they got Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Here, actually, I'm Kate. I'm glad you brought up Jalen Hurts, Michelle. Is there any concern that they did draft Jalen Hurts relatively early here?
4: No, I'm not concerned
0: about that with him taking his job. I do think they needed a good backup in case he goes down again. They can use him. I wouldn't be scared if he went down and Jalen Hurts is like Lamar Jackson or something, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he has that capability. I think Carson Wentz's job is safe. We just hopefully he can, his body can hold up.
1: And that was my exact thought as well. I think it's an insurance policy. I don't think there's any QB controversy, even though people, they want to pull up these, you know, theories and these thoughts and these, um, uh, you know, make something bigger than it is and say, oh, there's a controversy. I don't think there is, but if there is an injury, maybe he gets the opportunity and he really shines. Two more quarterbacks. And, Kate, let's start with you again. Justin Herbert, Teddy Bridgewater. So, Herbert's going – he's ranked QB 22 on Fantasy Pros, Bridgewater 24.
4: This is so easily Justin Herbert for me. I I cannot believe that the two of them are ranked so closely together. I Like, I, I don't know what to say about that. But, like, Justin Herbert, you've got a, a guy that has – a rushing upside. You're going to hopefully, if he, you know, gains a starting role, which I i assume that he will, um, you know, it maybe if not by game one, by at least game three, I would assume he's going to be the starting quarterback. Um he's got upside to me. I don't know what upside Teddy Bridgewater is going to show me. I know he has all the weapons in the world, but he's still like that's a Christian McCaffrey r- offense. Um the, the offense will run through him and will continue to do so. And Teddy Bridgewater has never produced for fantasy. Like what do, do we think that suddenly he just had an awakening and like, he's going to be fantasy relevant. I, yeah,
0: I he doesn't run. He doesn't. Yeah. I'm with Kate here. I would take pretty much any quarterback over Teddy Bridgewater. You already know what he is and it's a bottom 10 quarterback in fantasy. Even last year in a fantastic situation with Michael Thomas, Killing it for him and, you know, just a a great coach and team around him. He's quarterback 21 from weeks two to seven in fantasy points per game. He had that one really good game. And besides that, he was nothing special for fantasy. He he is a good NFL quarterback, not a good fantasy quarterback. His average depth of target is just far too short to – make him anything else and he doesn't have that mobile capability. So I'm going to take a shot with Herbert there. He likes to throw a He likes to take chances. He likes to run and he has all the pieces in that offense to succeed.
1: Michelle, yeah. you hate quarterbacks with the low average depth of the target. You're always bashing my boy Derek Carr.
4: Yeah, In fantasy, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks who average more fantasy points per game than uh, Teddy Bridgewater last year. Marcus Mariota, David Blau, Mason Rudolph, Brandon Allen, Joe Flacco, Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins. He also
1: You made your point. You made your point. He
4: was also
0: the quarterback 31 at fantasy points per game when he was in Minnesota for that right. last year in 2015. Mm-hmm. 12.5 fantasy points per game. That is not good. All right. We'll let you we'll let you
4: guys go right Yeah, sorry. Uh,
1: apparently, I, I, I made good. this too easy because I think Mitch is gonna
2: agree with you on this one. No, you don't know me. No, remember going with Teddy. So, I like Justin Herbert where he's going in rookie drafts. I think it's fine to get him to the middle of the end of the first round. But like I live in Utah, so I'm a Pac-12 guy. So all I watch is Pac-12 games and no one in the Pac-12s plays defense except for pretty much Stanford and Utah. So I always watch you know, how the quarterbacks do against them. And Herbert's always sucked against Utah. And Utah's the only one that plays anything close to an NFL defense in the Pac-12. So I've always hated Herbert and being really low on him. And it's I don't like Bridgewater that much either. But maybe Joe Brady can be the next Sean McVay and come in and open up the offense for two years before defenses catch on and Teddy Bridgewater shows something for two years. But this is just more of my hate Justin Herbert that it is me actually liking Teddy Bridgewater
4: yeah. to be clear I don't like we don't Blake like Herbert
0: <laughs> as a prospect we don't think he'll be a good quarterback either but I'm definitely taking the shot there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that aren't fantastic NFL quarterbacks but
4: Blake Bortles was the quarterback for one year wasn't <laughs> he?
1: right right and you say you don't like Justin Herbert I thought I saw a Justin Herbert poster behind you Michelle maybe I maybe i didn't see that correctly no i'm, I'm just, I'm, just <laughs>
4: I'm wondering what you even
1: thought was like this. no 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 i was just in our bathroom with
4: justin herbert's face so
1: it's just one of my terrible jokes and there's plenty more to come so don't worry um okay so we have two justin herberts one teddy bridgewater dan are we finally going to have a two-two split here
3: this is a lot of pressure right now and i guess maybe I, i'm going to like kind of weave in a different direction than I think my answer was going to be, and maybe I'll set up our theory showdown tonight, uh, John, versus Mitch. Listen, you can't pick Dak Prescott. It's Herbert or Bridgewater. I get it. I get it. I'm just going to say, give me a chance here. I'm setting this up nicely, JB. I am happy I am going against Mitch tonight instead of the Ball Blast Girls because I was going to go, and it was a coin toss for me with Teddy Bridgewater, but the ladies sold me much more in their argument. So I am going to shift gears and flip the coin and say, I'm going with Justin Herbert here on that upside. And, you know, I've been a little, you know, attracted to the Carolina offense and what that organization's doing. And they are investing in Bridgewater. But this, but his past body of work is not compelling. And I've had no conviction in trying to trade for him in any league. So I'm going to take that upside and, and go with the gals on this one. Sorry, Mitchell.
1: Good. I'm just happy I haven't had to give an answer yet because I was prepared if there was ever a two-two split, I was gonna jump in. Oh, so good. I can just keep my picks to myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So another rookie, wide receiver 21, C D Lamb or Alan Robinson, who's actually bumped up to wide receiver nineteen, even though up until this past season it seemed like everybody hated Allen Robinson. So Kate, who do you like here if you're in a startup draft?
4: If I'm in a startup draft, I I do love CeeDee Lamb, but I'm going with Allen Robinson here. Um, I think that dude is easily, easily one of the most undervalued wide receivers in the league. Like nobody thinks of him as a uh, a serious top tier wide receiver. If you watched him play last year and, you know, even when he was playing with a trash quarterback, sorry, Bears fans. um, Like he made some sick plays, all of the stats that, that uh, Mitch Trubisky actually produced. I feel like it was just Alan Robinson doing some insane body control, like awesome manipulative move to come down with the football. Like I feel like he was that offense. And I think that if you give him an even better quarterback, which I do, we all agree that Nick Foles is an upgrade on Mitch Trubisky. Absolutely. Okay. So you give him a better quarterback. a little bit. Um, I, I do think that Hold just continue to shine. You know, we're we're still getting him at the ACL discount. I feel like. Yeah, it's it, it,
1: not exactly the same, but it's similar kind of to Keenan Allen. You still yeah. get the injury discount, even though he hasn't been injured in like two decades up to this point. Now, like, come on, Michelle. Yeah, Allen I. Robinson for you.
0: I'm going Allen Robinson as well. Uh, you know, I, I love Ceedee Lamb. Love him. He's my wide receiver one in this class. But when you when we're comparing him to alan robinson who is the wide receiver eight this year he's been fantastic in his career when healthy i guess that's another thing we have to worry about but like you were saying earlier maybe that was just a fluke you know injury and he'll be okay um he's only 26 years old like he's going into his prime years so that's fantastic for a wide receiver you hope Stevie Lamb ends up getting this target share, and he's probably not. He's the wide receiver three right now on the team. He could jump up to wide receiver two. We know Allen Robinson is the wide receiver one on his team. He's going to continue to get those targets. I am kind of scared with the quarterback change. I think bad quarterbacks target wide receivers. They're wide receiver one because they can't make it through the reads. What more do you want? Yeah. have 160 think, No, players. I don't
4: think you have to count. If you have a more efficient quarterback, I don't think you need – yeah, hundred and sixty targets to produce that way. Like yeah. you're you're only gonna gain efficiency and I, I don't think that's a problem. But and we- I, I don't
2: know
1: the exact number, but I would love to see, and I'll I'll look it up after the show, the amount of catchable targets that Allen Robinson had last year. Because I, I'm really high on a player like Tyler Boyd, and last year his number was like it was right around seventy percent, which is extremely low for wide receivers. And I think I, I would be shocked if Mitchell Trubisky was even remotely close to Allen Robinson on yeah. many of those targets.
0: I'm going to have to look at those numbers, but I, I do think I'm not too worried about Nick Foles. Like, I don't think he's going to be an upgrade for the Bears to win any more games, but we saw Nick Foles be good for DJ Shark in a small sample size last year. We saw him be good for Alton Jeffrey in the playoffs a couple a couple years ago. So I, I still think he can hold uh, value for his wide receivers on the team.
1: Now, this has nothing to do with Allen Robinson, but we talk about Nick Foles. He loves to target his running backs, please throw it to David Montgomery, please. Like I have picked him up in so many startups and he's going to be he's my guy. M- Michelle, cover your ears, but he's going to be the equivalent to my Chris Carson last year because...
0: Hopefully not your Damian
1: Williams. Hey, hold All right, I- on I here. Wait, how how do I remove somebody from this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that was crazy. Listen, I-, I own that
2: one. I-
0: I'm just messing
2: with you. No, you're good. I you're don't- good. I he was fine. It was all injuries. It's the only reason why he fell. <laughs> we can blame the injuries. Yeah, Mitch, yeah. <laughs> all
1: right, Mitch, what do you think here? Alan Robinson, CeeDee Lamb.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to echo the same thing. Um, Alan Robinson is going to give you a chance for two more, you know, top 12 seasons before CeeDee Lamb will ever get the targets to be able to do it. So just give me Alan Robinson. Mitch is here for his quick one-liners, you know. <laughs> just a quick stat, get out. That's all right. Get in,
1: get out, get going. You know, we have a get-go here. In Pittsburgh. That's that's their motto. And that's gonna be yours as well, Mitch. Dan, is it gonna be a four-nothing sweep? I have a feeling it might not be.
3: I I need to put a little like asterisk, a little disclaimer on this one here. You know, if we were in a league where it's big money, you know, if we're investing a little bit more, 250 and up, whatever it is, Allen Robinson is the right choice. So I wanna say, you know, Mitch, Kate, Michelle, they're making the right choice. Okay, next question. For the purpose (laughs) of this show, it's gotta be eighty-eight. I just I need the Mari Cooper handcuff. I'm scarred by Nick Foles last year, losing me so much money. I must have drafted him, traded for him in every single league, mm-hmm. thinking he was going to do something in Jacksonville. And that uh, week one small sample size that Michelle mentioned versus uh, with DJ Shark, he got hurt in the fourth quarter of that game. I think that's when the injury happened. I was going to win so much DFS money that day if it wasn't <laughs> for Nick Foles. So I, I just don't think I can forgive him. And, and I don't want to go through that quarterback issue again. So give me CD Lamb, and I'll, I'll take the long-term potential.
1: But again, just to clarify for our listeners, you're taking CD Lamb with your heart, but with your brain, you're knowing Allen Robinson. Can we just that'd, clarify? That'd,
3: that'd be accurate. That'd be accurate. He could right. jump out uh, of the gym. He's he's awesome.
1: All right, so I'm going to call that another four nothing sweep. Man, I should have brought up AJ Brown so Kate and Michelle could have started screaming at each other. Yeah.
3: Here. <laughs> Pull if you AJ
0: Brown versus DK Metcalf, it oh my great. god, oh, AJ Brown has gone over DK for her. And DKs are like baby, he's our daddy. Daddy. I,
2: daddy. I know
1: you two like DK a lot. I know, I know. I know. Um, all right, last one here: two more wide receivers, wide receiver 43, Denzel Mims, or wide receiver 42, Brandon Cooks. And Kate, we're gonna start with you again. Uh,
4: I'm going Denzel Mims pretty easily. And uh, who was it? I think Mitch. You mentioned the concussions, and it it literally comes down. I, I think they could both have very similar upside in terms of of their career upside. But I worry that we've already seen the the peak of Brandon Cooks, simply because of health. And I, I'll I'll take that upside with Mims any day.
0: Yeah, I'm going with Denzel Mims too. We actually were the same in all of them. Were. You wanna we be doing. me. But we did but we <laughs> agree on almost we agree on pretty much every value of players. I feel like we're very much in tune there. You be me. I think we talk each other into takes a lot, mm-hmm. but I'm going with Denzel Mims as well. He is um really highly ranked for me in rookie wide receivers. Like after CeeDee Lamb, I might, you know, kind of think about Denzel Mims there. I really like him, I love his talent. He was also playing with a terrible, terrible quarterback at Baylor. We bring that up for other guys, but for some reason, it doesn't get brought up with Mims as much. I mean, his quarterback play was rough. That Baylor offense only scored 24 total touchdowns, and he, he scored 12 of them. Like That's pretty great. 24 passing touchdowns, I should say. But he's going into this just Jets offense, right? And everyone hates the landing spot, but he has this prime opportunity, he should be getting these targets with Sam Darnold. Robbie Anderson was on pace for 100 targets last year, 864 yards, seven touchdowns. That's not like great, but it you know if Denzel Mims did that in his first year. That'd be fantastic. I do think Denzel Mims is a better wide receiver than Robbie Anderson. Maybe not year one, but he's he's just as tall. He's a lot heavier. It's like a it good like 20 pounds heavier almost, um, even faster and a lot stronger. So he he just seems amazing at contested catches. He had 20 in 2019, second most in the FBS. Uh, and that's something Robbie Anderson really struggled in. He just wasn't strong enough to win those contested catches. Have you seen
4: those little pencil lines? Yeah.
0: yeah. And I don't think Adam Gates is smart enough to know how to get people in open space. So I, I think it's important to have a wide receiver in that offense that could actually catch a contested ball. Uh, I, I think that could have been the biggest issue last year. I'm going to trust Sam Darnold to get him the ball and just hope that they can both beat out Adam Gase being terrible.
3: Just Dan, know, JB, for you're our,
1: throwing your hand up. What's up?
3: Just know for our post-show when a theory throwdown versus Mitch Michelle's take there of Adam Gase not being able to do things. Just just yeah, plant that seed exactly. for later. That's
2: the only argument you have. That's like the one thing you could say for like Drew Locke being anything this year. But anyways, um, we'll we'll we get continue. into that
3: maybe
1: half an hour here. You know, when we do the theory throwdown. But, you know, Michelle, you talk about how you and Kate, your, your rankings and your evaluations kind of morph into one. Now, even though we bicker like it, Mitch and I, we are not a married couple, but that is how our rankings, like there are several players where, cause we co-own a lot of teams. So there's several players where he might mention, I'm like, no, no, I don't want them. And then like the next startup, I'm like, yeah, okay. You talked me into them. Let's take them and vice versa. So it's funny. you, You communicate and you talk with somebody so many times about rankings and evaluations. They really do start to you know, morph into one. So I completely understand that. Mitch, I I think uh, you're going with Mims here.
2: Yeah, of course. It's, you know, Kate brought it up earlier. It's the concussions. I actually love Cooks moving forward. I absolutely love him, but you just can't trust his concussions. I think with one or two more, he could be out of the league. So I think he could have a top 12 wide receiver, you know, year this year, but he'd have to be healthy for it to happen. So I just, You know, have to go with Mims because I don't want to take that chance.
1: Mitch, let me ask you a question because obviously Brandon Cooks has the upside in that offense. Mm -hmm. He should be the go to receiver, even though I think Randall Cobb's a sneaky option here in 2020. But Brandon Cooks, let's say that you're okay at wide receiver. Are you okay taking a shot on Brandon Cooks, like as a wide receiver five, wide receiver six? If that, you know, let's say, Oh, Oh, man, they're they're so upset with with Brandon Cooks. (laughs) They left. But Brandon Cooks, like, are you ever okay taking a flyer on him as opposed to Denzel Mims if you have the wide receivers ahead of him?
2: It would have to be an additional piece in a trade. So it would have to be like, we're stuck. We can't do a two-player trade. And so somehow Brandon Cooks is going to get added in as a value on their side in order for me to accept it. But there's no way I'm going to go out in my leagues and I'm going to see, hey, Brandon Cooks is there. I need a fifth wide receiver. That's who I want on my team. I would rather go after 30 different guys than have Brandon Cooks. But if it's just added, then I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, the upside's there. There's no question in that. Dan, I know you're all about the win-now mentality. Are you going Brandon Cooks, or do the concussions scare you off a little bit?
3: This is where the concussions would scare me off. And, you know, win-now, I think a point for our listeners is a lot of the guys we talked about tonight, Carson Wentz, James Conner, Brandon Cooks, there's a lot of injury risk there. So I think when you're building and constructing your roster, I know it's a little bit bullish on Conner, Um, But as a whole, don't be drafting all these guys. If you get a roster full of these injury guys like Cooks, Connor, Wentz, there's the ladies. Welcome back. Um, We know Mitch fired you up there and you had to leave for a minute. We took care care of that while you were gone. Um, (laughs) But uh, we're just wrapping up here with this segment with uh, Cooks versus uh, Mims. And I I agree with everybody here. The concussions scare me away. You know, I'm watching Mims versus George. I'm a big Bulldog fan in the Sugar Bowl. Mims, Mims gave Baylor hope that day in a game that was a, m- a mismatch. He, he he played big. So I, I'll take that upside versus the rolling the dice of concussions with cooks.
1: So just to recap very quickly for the listeners, the consensus here, it went Derrick Henry, Keyshawn Vaughn, Carson Wentz, Justin Herbert, Alan Robinson, Denzel Mims. I'm pretty much on board. I will throw my take out there. I, even though I would go Jonathan Taylor over Derrick Henry. Don't kill me, but I would go Keyshawn Vaughn, Carson Wentz, Herbert, Robinson, and Mims. So we pretty much all lined up, even though Dan was the big outlier. Now, Kate, Michelle, I figured you dropped off because you did not want to defend your tweet, but you're back.
4: So while
1: while you're here and Kate, we're going to start with you because Mitch and I, especially, you're not going to get an argument from us at all with this but i know a lot of people they completely disagree and actually i i took some heat that you two typically take i release my rankings somebody commented said these are the worst rankings i've ever seen in my life
4: well, oh so dramatic
1: they said it was a mock but i was like no get it right it's my rankings but <laughs> um, you know if so i wear that with a badge clickbait. of honor.
0: clickbait
1: yeah right right exactly so your tweet here And I'm going to throw it up on the screen here. So anybody watching on YouTube, they can see Keyshawn Vaughn. When Cam Akers mentions his offensive line for the 70th 70th time at the rookie dinner party. And I have to say, Kate, this is without a doubt my favorite episode of the office. But Jan is sitting there and she says, and I had a worse offensive line, but you don't hear me bragging about that. So defend your tweet, because I know there are a lot of people either they, they don't like Keyshawn Vaughn. And they're not giving him enough credit for the landing spot and you know what he brings to the table. But there's a lot of people saying Cam Akers that they, they're discounting the poor playing college because of that offensive line. So so what are your thoughts that's, here? Defend that tweet.
4: That's honestly, I I, I definitely think that um, first of all, I like I like Vaughn's landing spot better. I just think he has more opportunity there. They already drafted a running back and they felt the need to go back and get another one the Rams lost a running back like that. That's more understandable to me. So I, I understand that draft capital, but everybody does make that excuse for, you know, why we didn't see um, cam makers maybe create as many plays as we would want to see him create. Well, Keyshawn Vaughn did create plays and he had an equally bad offensive line. So like when I'm watching tape, it, it's Keyshawn Vaughn by a mile for me. I I think that, I mean, his college production speaks for itself and the landing spot is perfect. I can't, I can't understand what the hate is for Keyshawn Vaughn. I took him in the end of a first round uh, rookie draft and I got like mocked and I was like, you you guys realize these are the same people that was, were drafting, you know, like James White as a top 10 running back. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't understand the, the hate for Keyshawn Vaughn because, I mean, even if the talent doesn't pan out, like, I, I, I do like his talent, but even if he doesn't pan out, like we said, talent usually correlates to fantasy production, but sometimes all you need is to touch the ball. And it's funny because
1: I obviously i am extremely high on him. So, like I said, uh, you're not going to hear any disagreement from me. But I saw a tweet from somebody, and they said, if you were bumping him up because of his situation ahead of like 206, I think that's the spot he said, he said, you're doing it wrong. And we were DMing earlier. I said, that's kind of one of the tweets that I just scroll past. Yeah. Because I, I could sit there and argue, but it's not going to accomplish anything. Yep. And Mitch, I have a question because you and I, we talk about this so often. I don't think Cam Akers has a good landing spot. And it's people arguing that I I don't see it.
2: My favorite part about the whole cam Akers thing is it's, well, he was behind a horrible offensive line at Florida state. And now he's with the Rams who also have a horrible offensive line. And somehow that's a good thing because he's like (laughs) dealt with it previously, but I don't understand it at all. But I don't think Daryl Henderson's going away. I don't think Malcolm Brown's going, I actually think Malcolm Brown is going to be the guy who starts the season. And then whoever they put on the field after him, so be it. But there is no way Cam Akers is going to be the day one starter. And that's always – committees are okay if it's a two-person committee. When you have a three-person committee, then that's I want hilarious. no part of it. I don't think that there's any way it's not going to be a three-person committee. Yeah, I just think you said that offensive line is rubbish. It's, it's terrible.
4: So I I I haven't heard that word in like 10 years. I think Vaughn
0: and Acres are very similar (laughs) prospects. And I I have actually Acres ranked ahead of Vaughn. Like I'm known as the Acres hater when she just said something way crazier than I would have ever said. Like I think Acres is actually talented, but I think he has his flaws. I'm going to
4: tweet it out right now. I think
0: Vaughn also has his flaws, but they were very similar in that way. And they both did struggle behind a bad offensive line. And I think if we're going to give that credit to Akers, you have to also give it to Vaughn. And Vaughn was more efficient behind an equally bad offensive line. I'm
4: actually curious. How do you have Keyshawn Vaughn Maybe this is the biggest fight. Maybe I don't. I, this
1: I, might be it. Yeah, this might be it. It could be I'm it. We, could, ha-
4: we, should, we could hash this out right now. They're
0: back-to-back. To the I have them, but I do think I have it Acres then Vaughn. And I don't actually know
4: why. Now I think about it, like, they're so close. They're so close. You me. have Cam Acres, uh, which is so weird. It's because the vast majority of people have Cam Acres. I think Acres, that is why, is a little bit higher. Which I yeah. think is crazy because you are the one that's always the contrarian. Yeah. I, I actually hate... She's landing. going with the flow.
0: I actually hate the landing spot for Acres, but I'm also told I'm a hater for that, too. I'm, I'm not allowed to say anything about Acres because it's just hate. Just because I don't want to pay an early first-round pick for a running back with a lot of flaws and a bad landing spot. But for some reason, people can pick Vaughn at the end of the first and get made fun of. It's like it's the same situation.
1: Well, M- Mitch and I, in our co- one co-only, we took him at 107. I-, I don't think anybody mocked us in the chat, but I'm sure there were side conversations mocking us. So know, and, and Mitch and Dan will tell you, I, I actually had acres as my running back three pre-draft and I was one of the apologists. I was saying, I was making excuses. Well, he had a bad offensive line. Maybe he goes to a better situation in the NFL and has a better landing spot and a better offensive line. Well, again, like I said, the Rams are rubbish. And Kate, you haven't heard that word in 10 years. There, there it is. Two times 10 years.
4: Year. Oh my God. Thank you so much. It was yeah, like in my ears. I don't know. I don't know.
1: What uh, uh, last weekend, I was on the British Ballers podcast. So I think I picked up a few things from them. You know, rubbish. Cheerio. Yeah, Cheerio. So, okay. So that one wasn't that crazy because obviously you have a lot of agreement here. I just but...
4: tweeted
1: it out again. So thank okay. you for stirring the pot. <laughs> Michelle. Retweet, JB. Yes. Oh, i will get a retweet. Don't worry. All right, Michelle. Now yeah. this one stirred the
4: pot.
3: Uh-huh. And there
1: were a lot of comments, a lot of retweets, a lot of action on Twitter. But Good here God. we go. And first of all, I love I love the gif that was included there. Like, <laughs> in the way when I took the screenshot, it paused perfectly. Okay. <laughs> so on April 29th, in Dynasty, I would rather own Jonathan Taylor. I'm, I'm fine with that. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm even okay with that. And J.K. Dobbins. My man, I'm okay with that. But then you also include Zach Moss over Joe Mixon. So, Michelle defend that tweet.
0: Well, A, I just want to start off with, I've been having Zach Moss ranked over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and J.K. Dobbins like this whole off season. So the hate is coming a little late there. So if obviously if I would rather own Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or J.K. Dobbins, then yeah, I'd rather own Zach Moss as well. And also I'm not an idiot in Dynasty. People took this as, well, then why don't you just trade Joe Mixon straight up for Zach Moss, or why don't you take Zach Moss in the second round? Because I don't need to, dude. Like I don't need to take him in a startup second round. Like you know how Dynasty works. Like if you know how fantasy football works, you know I don't need to do that. So I can wait until the eighth round to take Zach Moss in the startup, or I can wait until the middle of the second, or I can trade for Zach Moss for cheap. Like that's how Dynasty
4: works. People said the same thing to me when I I ranked Derek Henry as the second. Uh, running back in standard leagues, and they're like, "Well, then you better draft him second overall in every single draft." I was like, "No, that's not how fantasy is about the values. Like, right. to win fantasy football leagues by evaluating players well and identifying breakouts." But I also
0: want to just defend my tweet. I actually, I want to own these guys over Joe Mixon. Joe, hey, Mixon. did
4: she just push you out of the way? I, I saw a little
0: push. <laughs> I no, it was uh, it was a gentle touch. So Joe Mixon this year, right, is the running back 17, Um, weeks one through 16. If you want to add 17, fine. He moved up to 13 because he had a great week. 17, no one used him. But he also got a gazillion touches. So only nine running backs got over 300 touches, and he was the worst in fantasy points per touch out of those. That group by quite a bit. I mean, only Le'Veon Bell was close to him with 14.3. Joe Mixon had 14.1. Looking at everyone else, they're above 16, above 19, above 20. And then also you look at all the guys who are in the 200 touches. There was 17 extra guys that had over 200 touches, uh, 200 to 300. And 10 of those 17 had more fantasy points per touch than Joe Mixon. Oh, sorry, not fantasy points per touch, fantasy points per game. We're doing fantasy points per game here. So you think more touches equals more fantasy points per game. That's not the case for Joe Mixon. And it doesn't have to be me saying Joe Mixon isn't talented. Like I get his situation sucks, and I don't think it gets any better. Um, like I don't think Joe Burrow coming in automatically just makes this backfield amazing to be a part of. Uh, Andy Dalton wasn't like garbage. He he, you know, this previous year he wasn't fantastic, um, but he's got to play with a decent Andy Dalton, and I don't think Joe Burrow year one just all of a sudden makes this offense easy and easy to run behind. I, I don't know how a situation changes that much. And then you look at these other guys, and I really, really like their talent. I think this, this running back class is great. You have J.K. Dobbins. His biggest issue coming out of school was that, well, is he going to have the space, right? He has so much space at Ohio State. Is he going to have that here? Well, yeah, he is. He's in Baltimore now. Like, he's going to have so much space uh, to work. His efficiency is going to be out of this world. And he's going to have so many chances to score. So yes, I want JK Dobbins. I think his ceiling is higher. Um, Jonathan Taylor, we love him. I mean, he's just, I really think he's the next league Elliott. Hopefully they get him involved in the passing game. If not, it's not like Joe Mixon's involved in the passing game very much. So I'm still going to take Jonathan Taylor there for obvious reasons. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire actually has top five PPR potential because he should be massively used in the receiving game. He's with Patrick Mahomes. Now, again, we're talking dynasty here. This doesn't have to happen 2020 for this to be better than Joe Mixon. Uh, but I do love Clyde edwards Slayer with Patty. Um, great system. He should be used tremendously. And then the guy you want me to get to is Zach Moss. I, I, and, I and
1: that's the issue people
4: had.
0: Yeah. And I, I love him as a prospect, A. People um,
4: hate Zach Moss, like hate
0: Super him. efficient back, great contact balance, great vision. Immediately after the Bills drafted him, they got uh, Sean McDermott on the phone, or maybe it was a bean. I can't remember if it was a Dean or the coach. But they said they were trying to trade up for Zach Moss, A, the whole third round. And they said that they were sweating, and he said he'd be in a bad mood right now if they didn't get Zach Moss on their team, but they wouldn't do the trades. And then they said he is our first and second down back. And then they said he'll be our goal back, our first and second down back. Devin Singletary will have the role from last year. Like he straight out said that. Um, and people just want to ignore that. And I think that Bill's system is nice right now for running backs. You have Josh Allen. So defenses don't know who to, you know, cover, right? They think Josh Allen could run. They think the running back could run. That's been nice. Devin Singletary last year on 180 touches compared to Joe Mixon's 313. This is 100. Let me do that math. Hold on. 130 three less touches he only scored only averaged two less fantasy points per game on 133 fewer touches he averaged 12.3 fantasy points per game Joe Mixon averaged 14. like get out of (laughs) here 133 fewer touches like it's just a better offensive system for running backs I think he gets the goal line work and Josh Allen doesn't steal as much as you guys think he only had five goal line carries Frank Gore had 11, which is a lot for running backs. He just only got in twice because he (laughs) sucks. He's old. He's really old. So I I think Zach Moss gets that Frank Gore role that got taken away from Frank Gore because he was so bad. But I I think Zach Moss would actually succeed in that role because he's young and he's good.
1: But let me ask you just for clarification, maybe you're going to stand strong here, but is it fair to say maybe you just prefer Zach Moss at his price compared to Joe Mixon?
0: Yeah, of course. Like, I, I I wouldn't go into a dynasty startup and pick him in the second round. There's so many other players. Like, I'm not going to pick Joe Mixon either, though. There's so many right. other players I want. I, I don't think this is really a fair question because he's not even close to the same value. Mm-hmm. Like, not even close. And no, I'm not going to go trade if I ever own Joe Mixon in a league. I do not. If I ever was going to go trade Joe Mixon, I wouldn't trade him straight up for Zach Moss because it's unnecessary. And if I was going
1: to say, did you, if you had Joe Mixon in a league, did you get any offers Zach Moss for him straight up? No,
0: I I would never own him in a league.
1: (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Mitch, you've seen Zach Moss play. Like you you're out there. What are your thoughts? Because I know we put together our projections and Michelle cover your ears, but Mitch might be a little bit lower.
2: The funny thing was, going into the draft, I was extremely high on him too. Uh, you know, being the Utes Homer that I am, I've watched all of his games. Love the guy. But- you had that tweet during the combine that he was going to run faster
1: than Swift, and then yeah. afterward you retweeted and you're like, "Never mind." Yeah, that didn't happen. But <laughs> yeah.
2: it's okay. Swift wasn't that fast either. It's all right. But I think the question with Moss is going to come down to how you look at Frank Gore's usage last year. If you thought Frank Gore got all the goal line touches because the coaches wanted Frank Gore to get them, or because they didn't trust De- Devin Singletary to do it. If you think they didn't trust Devin Singletary, then I think Moss is still a really good buy. Well, he's but if you.
0: Th- pounds. Hmm? Think there's 203 pounds. That's like
2: two a- backs are 203 pounds. And bull- BMI and me don't get along very well. I hate the BMI argument more than anything on Twitter.
0: Well, there's one good running back in the league that's small that's used at the goal line and a lead back, and that's CMC. And that's it for, like, the
2: last 10 years. Uh, He's he's been okay.
0: I love Devin Singletary. I'm not trying to put down Devin Singletary. I still think he has his role. I think he's Mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, It's going to be hard for him to be consistent with the role. I I do think that especially you have to get touchdowns, right? And if he's not getting them – it's going to be rough. You watch that playoff game. If they would have just handed the ball off to Devin Singletary instead of Frank Gore, I really think they hold on mm-hmm. and be they were obsessed with getting the ball in Frank Gore's hands. I don't, I don't understand. I, I'm not trying to put down Devin Singletary. He is my boy. Um, but I am trying to put down Joe Mixon. So it's fine.
1: All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can I and... say
0: two more things about Joe Mixon?
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. The floor is yours. He,
0: he was the running back 43 and fantasy points per game from week one through seven. And, yes, he did get better at the end. They upped his workload. That's fine. He was still the running back 22 at the end of the season in fantasy points per game from week one through 16. Like, and then running back 17 and fantasy points per game if you add week 17, which we shouldn't have to add that. But he had was the seventh most touches. And this is the stuff I'm talking about. Like, yes, he had a great year in 2018, but he had the sixth most touches in the league and ended as, like, the running back 10, I think which is good. It's good, but I don't see the ceiling for him in that offense, not using the passing game. I I, I don't see it, and we already, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get the Joe Mixon love. I don't get it.
1: All right, Dan, well, you're in two leagues with them, so if you do have Joe Mixon, please, for everybody's sake, do not offer him to
3: Michelle. (laughs) I'm taking notes tonight, but I got to say, JB, Michelle definitely defended her tweet.
1: It, It was the word that you always say, Dan. There was conviction there. And Michelle, it's funny because my, my mother-in-law, she always says I might be wrong, but I'm never in doubt. And that saying, I think it perfectly describes you. (laughs) And Kate, I mean, you know her better than anybody. Would you say that describes her? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yep>.
4: <laughs> my, i have nothing else to say my
0: uh, my carson hate from last year always comes back to haunt me because everyone's like well you were wrong about penny stealing carson job i'm like yeah i admit when i'm wrong like i was wrong about lamar jackson last year i did not think he was going to be the top quarterback in the league i mm-hmm. thought he was like you know just decent enough but he ended up being amazing i feel like i do admit when i'm wrong
4: once it happens but at the time like you, you gotta like go for something here well, i think like can I, we just acknowledge the fact that like whatever Michelle's take is, she backs it up hundred percent of the time. I so always have reasons behind Yeah, that.
1: And there's no wavering. There is no wavering. I mean, I'm not even kidding there. And it's crazy. And Kate and Michelle, we were DMing and we, I, I said how I've tried to stop arguing and debating with people on Twitter because it consumed me. And mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding. I remember it was a Sunday morning into the late afternoon, early evening Michelle and I argued. It wasn't a debate, it was an argument about Damian Williams. I I swear to god, I tossed my foot on the couch multiple times. <laughs> I was like, I cannot. And I'm what pretty sure I, mean- I messaged Mitch and I was bitching. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't, Michelle, she's driving me crazy. Like, what is going on here? But you know, I, I think some of the, the debates and arguments that we've had, they're entertaining. They they really are. And you know, it's you know, say- you're never gonna waver.
0: But no, you. But the thing is, neither side ever wavers. But I always get called out for it, and I don't know why. Like you wouldn't waver either. Like I clearly was giving you reasons why not to like Damian Williams. You should have (laughs) listened. But you you didn't waver either. So what's the difference with me? It's just
1: oh, oh. oh, Trust me, Mitch and I, we got plenty of hate for Damian Williams, and we just kind of like scurried away. We're like, all
0: right, see ya. Yeah. No one will ever waver. I mean, I also just put in way, way too much research to be like, you know what? Those. 50 hours of research that had done this guy, you telling me that one thing that I already knew, like that's not going to waver me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I put right. so much work into it. I'm going to be wrong about guys, but like, I'm not going
4: to have a random
0: fact that I already knew waver me, you know?
1: I
4: respect that. And also like, it, it goes to, to back to the fact that like, you know how you said like your, your uh, rankings for people sort of like schmush And like, I, I feel like that's a very natural process. And like, it, even if you're, you don't waver, like sometimes just in, in the process of conversation, like your, your I waver, her guys a
0: lot more. Cause I listen to her a little bit. It's a lot easier to listen to someone in the room that you love and an annoying person on Twitter screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I get it. I get it. And like I said, Mitch and I are, our, our rankings definitely get mashed together at times. Dan, before we give the floor to Kate and Michelle for our sign off, do you have any closing thoughts? You've been quiet for a little bit.
3: Oh, it's all good. I'm soaking it in. It was a blast talking Dynasty with Kate and Michelle tonight. Thank the Was that a pun? It was a on show.
1: It was a ball blast.
3: You like that? I'm sa- I'm setting it up for their clothes. Um, no, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, tomorrow night, Mitch and John, I'm gonna be cheating on you guys a little bit. as you know, we're we're all Dynasty, but I'm doing a little redraft in NFFC. Uh, hopefully, take down Joe Dolan over there in that league and have a little fun. But uh, tonight was a blast. So thanks. Well, we'll see how Kate that Michelle. goes
1: because Joe's gonna be on the show next week. So when he comes in and says, uh, yeah, this Dan LaMagna guy, he had the worst draft I've ever seen. Well, you two can go head-to-head there.
3: <laughs> That's for pride. I'll be, I'll be taking Allen Robinson before C.D. Lamb in that league, so I'm, I'll be okay.
1: Okay. Uh, Kate, Michelle, let our listeners
3: know as if they don't already know. Hey, but what about Mitchell? You're going to skip Mitchell there, JB? Like, Mitch can't say goodbye?
2: No,
1: but he was talking before that.
3: Oh, okay. You,
1: you've been quiet for a while. Okay, Mitch, <laughs> give a closing thought. Give a one-liner here. No, I don't have any. I'm good. There we go. All right, Kate and Michelle. As it. if people don't already know, let them know where to find you on Twitter, and you'll, by all means, please talk about your website that you just kicked off somewhat recently.
4: Yeah. Um. So you can find me on Twitter at ffballblast, and I'm at ballblastm ballblastem. Um. We also are part of the Ross Tucker. Uh, Network, we're super excited about that. It's a, it's a great team that we have uh, built in this little family unit. I, I like this little solid group we have together. Um, we do our podcasts on a weekly basis. We just launched a website, ballblastfootball.com. Um, we actually just posted a, uh, a little posting thing a little um,
0: thing. we have yeah. a, a small job opening right just a, a casual writer um paying a little bit per month not a ton but give us a break we can't <laughs> we, we barely make money in this uh, crazy industry ourselves so we are offering a little bit there but we want to bring someone on that really cares for fantasy um loves and would like you know makes bold statements but backs them up kind of like we don't do so we're looking for someone there if anyone listening is thinking about getting into the writing world
1: Thank you so much for joining us. You two, like I said, just so much conviction and you made an absolute splash. And I still remember Kate and Michelle, we were in the one league last year, last off season, And the way the draft order was decided was by Twitter votes. And I I, I will never forget this. Michelle goes, oh, this is BS. I only have 200 followers and we're sitting here literally probably less than a year later. And you have that little K next to your number. You're over 10,000 followers. Mm -hmm. Like you two have just made such a splash. And, you know, especially, you know, obviously Mitch, Dan, and myself being men, we don't understand having to be a, a woman in this industry because we see just on Twitter alone what you guys have to go through. So a monsoon of respect for everything you guys have done.
0: Thank, thank you. you. No, we, we love being on here today. Thanks so much for having us. This was a fun one. Yeah. I like this. I love anytime
4: you can debate about players. Yeah. Next time, John, you got to get a little spicier though. The We, we were just two down the middle. We I need- know.
1: I know. And next time you two have to have a few beverages in you. No more tea and water. We
0: yeah. will definitely. We will make sure we're not hungover next week.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, we <laughs> want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Stay safe and have a great night.